joining us as the executive vice president and general manager of the winners of the offseason and of our hearts. It is Brandon Gomes from the Dodgers. Brandon, great to have you on. Appreciate the time, man. How is spring training going for you with all the new toys? It's going well so far. Guys are uh, fitting in. Everybody came in in a really good spot. Um, clubhouse chemistry is is really strong, and uh, I can't believe we have our first game today. It feels uh, almost too quick, but exciting to get everybody out there. Do you uh, do you sit in the stands at the ranch when you guys are playing, or do you go on the road? Where's the game? Is the game at home or is it on the road today? We're uh, we're at the Padres today, so, so do we'll you, be up there, and there's like a, a booth we get to sit in and sometimes uh, if my family comes or whatever we'll sit in the stand different places have different setups so uh we just wherever they tell us to go we go which one do you like better do you prefer sitting in the stands or you prefer being high highfalutin and sitting up in the booth where no one can mm, talk i like i like going back and forth <laughs> it's nice getting down like the stands just a different viewpoint you know it's harder to see like different pre-pitch stuff without like the higher view uh, but definitely feels more like pitcher, catcher, uh, hitter dynamic. Like you get to lock in on that with a different viewpoint. Do you have a? Uh, do you the radar gun guy? Or now you now that you're <laughs> no. the GM, you have the, the the intern sitting next to you holding the gun. He whispers in your ear, "Hey, that was 97." I feel like the scoreboard suffices on that one, so I'll, <laughs> I'll trust that that is not too far off. That's fair. So, okay. Brandon, give me your first conversation that you had with Otani and Yamamoto and the most recent one that you had give us just some insight everyone wants to know anything about what's going on in their world yeah I mean the first conversations we had with them it was just so evident um how important winning was like it was very similar for both of them that their goal was to be on a team that is positioned to win as much as possible uh which which is great because that's our goal as well. And, you know, it's a bit circular when you're able to add players of that talent. Um, it should certainly help the winning moving forward. And, you know, a lot of it was like, hey, we've been very successful over the last, you know, X amount of years, and we feel like we're positioned to be even more successful moving forward. Uh, so, you know, they were aligned with that and saw it similarly to us. So, you know, getting them in and, and having those priorities was uh, a fantastic marriage. Uh, since then, like they're really uh, soaking up the culture, the environment, like their teammates getting along great. Like they're both very easygoing, fun-loving dudes. And, you know, from the first meetings with Yamamoto, where we had players there, like all of the guys came away like, man, that's like a really good dude, which is fascinating, right? Because you're, you're going through uh, a translator for most of it, but you can just feel Yama's energy and uh he's just like a dude that likes to have fun but when it's time to work he is some kind of dialed so it's been awesome getting those guys out there and watching their routines uh behind the scenes when you signed them and other moves that you make trades like for glass now do you have any ritual do you celebrate at all did you pop a bottle when Otani made the call <laughs> official and we got to ignore the fake news about the trip to Toronto and all of that yeah, the, the Otani one was delayed. I think I was like so exhausted from the uh, roller coaster of the day before. So I was like gassed and run down. I think I went to bed at like nine o'clock. So I didn't even do anything celebratory that night. <laughs> but a few days later, you know, I have a nice glass of whiskey or tequila to celebrate for sure. 
This news like coming out of Mets camp about Kodai Senga. Do you as the Dodgers look at Yamamoto and say, uh-oh, uh, we see how his innings trended and they really kind of held Kodai back some and now there's some shoulder fatigue. Do you guys look at that as a precursor of what could possibly happen in the first year and make his w- workload, which you think is going to go into the playoffs also? Yeah, I mean, I think for each guy, we clearly don't have this solved as an industry. So all we can do is take uh, each individual pitcher and try to lay the best foundation we possibly can. And then along the way, you know, it's really important to have the open conversations and feedback loop of how are you feeling? Like, do you need an extra day? And making sure that there's really honest communication there. And that's the best we can do. You can have the, the communication watch with your eyes on how they're throwing and looking. And then, you know, like velocity and, you know, pitch movement is, a you know, another part of the equation to give you the best indication of how a guy is feeling and trending. Um, So it's taking a look at all of that. And if all of those things are positive, you know, it's really hard to like preemptively say at a hundred and X amount of innings, you're going to turn into a pumpkin. Like we just don't know that. Um, So I think making sure that, laying the foundation for a good jumping off point is like priority number one. And then it's kind of tracking along the way with some real conversations uh, in between outings. So communication, do you go back to your playing days when a pitching coach or manager came up to you and was like, Hey, how you feel? Oh, have you, ah, you know what? I'm fine. I, I never said how I felt. How does that go? How do you change that now in your role telling your coaches you know, you would never tell them how you feel. Yeah, I'm good. Because you want to stay out there. Right. And I think, you know, I'm hoping in my position as a guy that was an up-down player and feeling like I was fighting for my life and uh, somebody in Yamamoto's shoes where it's like, hey, we're in this for the long term together, that that dynamic is different. And we encourage all of our guys to do this. And, I mean, you know, like, the nature of the player like we just want to be out there competing so it's a hard thing to balance um but it's something that we encourage as much as we possibly can and hopefully um you know everybody knows that our interests are aligned here if you're not feeling good we'd much rather take it slow on the front end than like power through it and risk something more serious on the back end so you know it's a little bit of uh do as I say, not as I did type <laughs> conversation. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's the best It's the best thing that we can do is to encourage it and hopefully that it's just a little bit different of a dynamic um, right now than it was back when I was playing. By the way, was that your phone ringing, breaking news, a free agent signed, and the Dodgers weren't involved in it? <laughs> I mean, were, you know, Gio Urshela signed, Tim Anderson signed, there was no Dodger talk about those two. I don't know. That must feel weird for you. What? What? What is... The dyna- I want to know the dynamics because you and Andrew Friedman obviously knew each other from when you played in the, with the Rays organization. You, you came over right away. What's the dynamic? Like not only in the meetings for, with Otani, Yamamoto, Teoscar Hernandez, who, whoever it is. And then is it you guys work? To- I know you work together, but is it is the ultimate say, you know, Andrews and you just give them feedback? Like, how does that work? And then when you're in the room with Otani and you're selling the organization, I want to know what you say. So sell me on coming to the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, for us, the the culture is a very flat structure. It's like divide and conquer and kind of split things up. 
um, you know, in the most efficient and effective way. Like I came up in the organization through player development with pitching coordinator and farm director. So that is like something that I still really stay involved with regularly. Uh, so each, you know, we have a, a couple assistant general managers and everybody kind of has their domain to go and dominate. And then, you know, on these types of decisions, there's a lot of debate and back and forth and disagreement, which we feel like is very healthy. Um, Cause I think like the echo chamber is very dangerous when it comes to a lot of these things. So I think, you know, the culture that's here is very much like, let's get out there and like, let's talk about the downside of things. Let's talk about, you know, how things could go bad. So much of it is about like, let's get in there and argue. And at the end of the day, we are going to come out of this with a, you know, a decision that everybody feels good about while it may not be total agreement. It's everybody understands the position and now let's, let's move forward as a unit. I like that. I like hey, that. back to the off season. What was plan B if you didn't get some of the big targets that you had? <laughs> there was a <laughs> lot of different uh, paths that we were going to go down and explore different avenues on the position player front. And uh, yeah, I'm happy that we're not going down those paths right now. <laughs> right. Sure. You don't have to worry about it. I'm sure they weren't awful paths. No, so no we say... felt very good about the teams that we could have potentially put together. Um, but to say that this wasn't plan A would be a total lie. So I don't think anybody's ever said this, but were the Dodgers tanking last year to be able to do what they did this year? Dodgers and tanking, not, not <laughs> yeah. two synonymous things, but, you know, spending is relative. So in a Dodger sense... Were you guys preparing for this offseason and what immense generational talent was coming? I mean, the 100-win tanking Dodgers yep. uh, were probably <laughs> not uh, – it was certainly not something we were um, – you know, I think everybody understood what could potentially be available this offseason. And every decision that we made or didn't make along the way – has consequences and you know it's always about how do we put together the best team for right now that's going to compete for a world series without completely torching things in the future um and look i think we all know how this game works like if there were any decision where you said hey you do x and you will 100 percent win the world series this year like we are doing that it just doesn't quite work that way. So we have to continue to put ourselves in the position to have the best team that's going to run through the regular season in October. Um, and so it's always a balance of now and the future. And it, I think this offseason was unique in that the free agents available that we were able to acquire matched both of those things where like helped us now with acute needs, but also felt like wrapping, you know, having, um, longer term deals with these players like was still going to be very beneficial for us in the future and continue to, um, you know, take down needs that we'll need in the future as well. So it doesn't inhibit us from, you know, doing things along the way. So it was a, it was an interesting balance of the two. I think it was more of a unique off season than um, anything else. Okay. 
Have you touched uh, Nobu's javelin yet? Have you have you thrown it? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure either my back or my elbow will go out first. Oh, okay. not, you, you could maybe even odds on on either one. So I think I'll pass on that and just admire it from afar. Okay. And then was there ever a second or moment or a quick, you know, fleeting thought that when you saw the reports of him on a plane to Toronto that you weren't going to get Otani? For sure. I we were living that. Did you like did you like go white face? Like where you get turned like white and you're like sweating because, like when you're sick and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna. Ha this isn't gonna happen. Yeah, I mean it was like real. Like I, you didn't quite know what to do. It was sort of a helpless feeling, and no matter what was said, we understood that you know Shohei was going to announce this himself. So we weren't gonna, if we were out, we weren't gonna be told that we were out, right? So there was nothing that could be said to us to change our minds. So we were just living in the same world as everyone else. Like, man, I don't know if this is true, but I can't definitively say it's not um, until Robert from Shark Tank got off the plane in Toronto. And then it was like, okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not true. Have you, seen the, have you seen the reports that the Phillies made a higher offer to Yamamoto? Uh, yeah, I, I saw that yesterday. Were you, as the Dodgers, were the Dodgers willing to – how did those negotiations go where the Dodgers – do the Dodgers say, hey, you know what, this is what we're going to offer. Come back to us if someone else offers. How does, how does that go down? Because Yamamoto's come out and said he's really wanted to come to L.A., so you guys were a front runner, and clearly there was more money out there. So how did the Dodgers react to – situations like that yeah i mean obviously wasn't aware of any of the other teams offers along the way so it was you know the feedback going back and forth on things that were important to yoshinobu and the structure of the deal and things that we were that made us comfortable that made him comfortable so we were very fortunate that you know how things ended up we felt like it was both sides in a place where we're like, Hey, we feel really good about this and let's have this be a partnership for a long time. Were you mad at Dave Roberts when he came out and said that he had, you guys had talked to Otani because remember Otani said, if you talk about me, then I will eliminate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we all talked after that and obviously it didn't affect anything. So did you, did um, you put a gag order on him? You're like, doc, no more talking. Stop. Just stop <laughs> talking. <laughs> no, of course not. We, we had a good conversation that night and it was like, Hey, this is, you know, this happened, let's move forward. And, um, clearly, you know, it didn't affect Shohei's decision. By the way, since Kratz does this all the time, I'm going to play this game. I was one for one off you. I'm just saying now, Scott. You. <laughs> oh, well, wow. you're left-handed, so you can line up now, all the other left-handers that were more than one for one off of me. <laughs> I love Sticks that. that in love right that at the buzzer. Yeah. All, right, all right, last one. Uh, we, we told fans we get one fan question in there. Wesley says, Brandon, who do you feel like is your biggest threat in the NL West or even the NL in general when you're evaluating the offseason and just where the state of the National League is? Yeah, I mean – the NL, obviously, the Diamondbacks, um, you know, beat us in the DS last year handily, and other teams have certainly improved. But they're um, they're young and they added talent this year, so they're um, you know they're going to be a very good team again. 
and then you know the overall the, the Braves are a fantastic team and um you know the way they're built and how they match up versus us and us versus them I think is like a pretty interesting thing when you start to break it down so a lot of really talented teams the Phillies have been fantastic obviously um over the last few years so there's a lot of really talented teams and that's where like the off season's great and we feel very good about our team but you got to go out and play the games and you got to play well when it's most important uh so that's the biggest thing is dialing dialing in how to uh, you know continue to have regular season success and then you know really rise to the occasion uh come postseason time yeah, I remember. Remember that Braves Dodgers series where it was like Mookie against Sacuna late in the season, MVP like talk. That games. was good. Both of them yeah. went off. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they did. Now the storylines are even better. So, Brandon, we appreciate the time, man. It was great to talk to you on here for the first time. Enjoy that first spring training game, and we'll see you out there soon, all right? Thanks, fellas.